Hey guys, Kurt here from the MFG Cast. I just thought I would take this time to let you know that we're doing Extra Life again this year. It's November 7th, but this, this year it's a little different. And for those who don't know what Extra Life is, it's where we play games for 24 hours a day. We raise money for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, okay? And these hospitals treat kids, sick kids, that have diseases, that have deformities, and of the like. So we're looking to raise a ton of money this year. We're looking at raising about a 1000 this year, okay? We've usually had modest uh, goals for the most part, and we've tried to keep it to like two to $400 just because, I mean, it, that seems really big in itself, but luckily we've had um, great people that have donated and been really good to us as far as getting uh, money for those hospitals. But this year we're going to do a little something different, okay? We are teaming up with the Gaming Nonsense Uncensored podcast and other podcasts and blogs to bring you guys some prizes for helping us out and helping out Extra Life, okay? So what we need you to do is we need you to go to Extra Life. We need you to look up our team name, which is MFGNU Helpathon 3000, okay? That's our team name. What we want you to do is we want you to sign up for our team. We want you to raise a bunch of money, okay? We need to get this thing going, okay? And what we're going to do is we're going to reward you for your fundraising, okay? For first, second, and third place in how, how much the most amount of money that you raise for Extra Life, we're going to give away games, T-shirts, accessories, fantasy books, and a lot more. So just to let you know, you want to get this going because first place, you're going to get a lot of good stuff. Second place and third place, not as much as first place, but you're still going to get some great product, okay? We haven't named anything that we're getting right now just because we're still in the midst of grabbing some things from different parties. But believe me when I tell you, you're going to not want to miss out on this, okay? So not only are we doing stuff for great charity, for a great charity, but we're also doing stuff for you for helping us out. So check that out. If you need any more info, you can always check it out on Twitter, at MFGCast. We're always tweeting out about it. Or you can get a hold of us at MFGCast. Or you can email us at MFGCast3 at gmail.com. Okay? So go to Extra Life. Sign up. Go to MFGNU Helpathon 3000. Sign up for our team. And let's get this going because we really want to raise money for these sick kids because they are our future. So thanks again, guys, for listening and back to the podcast. This is MFG Cast. Hey guys, another month, 
Uh, you think we do a regular episode? No, we're not going to do a regular episode. Those are boring now. We're going to do another crossover episode, I think. Unfortunately, Mike's not here. He's got other things to do. I mean, what's that all about? I don't care about real life. Only podcasting is the is the only thing you should be doing right now. But unfortunately, he's not here. But I'm here, and I've got three wonderful gentlemen from a little podcast you may know called Talking Tinkerbots. I've got I've got That's Tony. Right. I've got Tony. Say hello, Tony. You don't have Tony because Tony's not here because he sucks. Just Tony's like not here either. No, Tony. Man, no, no Tony. It's I just tell you, yeah, I think I think we're gonna have to give uh, we're gonna have to give Tony and Mike a, a nice talking to. I think. I think you're right. Yeah. Forfeit. What can we forfeit with? <laughs> Ooh, good call. No board games for a month. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. We can do that. <laughs> or if we if we play with uh, that, I know what it is. Next time we we tell Tony we will play Catan with him. Let him get all set up, and we'll get halfway through the game. We'll all just walk out. That'll kill him. Oh. That'll kill, that'll kill him. I hate it. That'd be worse than not playing board games. Yeah, exactly. Halfway through a game of Catan, and then just leaving because he really wants to be everyone at Catan. Oh. That'd just be the worst thing ever. <laughs> oh god. That's mean. I don't know if I could be that mean. I can. No way. <laughs> that's that's actually very that's actually very like nice compared to what I was thinking. I was like, have him set it all up, and then just take your arm and just push everything off the table. <laughs> No, see, Tony would do that himself by accident anyway. Uh, yeah. Tony's that clumsy, so it, that wouldn't be any different for him, to be honest. Oh, poor Tony. Just do it really slowly, wasn't it? Yeah, Just yeah. Eye. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, you know, we've, well... I, I will change that then. We've got two wonderful guests on the show today. Tim, from Talking Tinkerbots, we've got Gino. Hey, guys, how you doing? This is Gino talking. And we've got Bevan. Say hello, Bevan. Hi guys! Hey, all right. Well, thanks guys. We finally did it. We talked about it for like what <laughs> two, three months now. When we finally got together. I think we were talking about this. Yeah, got at least a few months. We were saying, yeah, we should do it. Only do a crossover episode, and then it just hasn't happened. But yeah. here we are. We're finally here, Kurt. Yep, we finally, we finally did it. Um, Even, go on. Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, well, now that you now that you rudely interrupted me, I forgot what I was even gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to not being the host. <laughs> I know, I know. It's interesting, isn't it? When you're the one that usually does all the talking, and then all of a sudden you have to have give way for other people to talk. It's crazy. I know. I'm not used to this at all. <laughs> well, thanks, guys, for coming on. I really appreciate it. No, man. Thanks for having us. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. This is gonna be fun. Yeah. yeah. I hear you've got something so. interesting planned. All right. Yes, we've got lots of fun stuff. I thought we could do a few things uh, before we go into the old uh, go into the old talking about our subject. Um, usually, when we have people on, we like to talk about through the years, basically. So we like to take our guests and talk about how they started in games when they were little and where they've come to today. So, if one of you guys would like to start and just kind of tell me your gaming career, Bevan, go for it. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah, man, you go first. Okay, cool. Uh, well, I sort of. Yeah, so it kind of like started, you know, with the, the, the ones that everyone kind of starts with, like snakes and ladders and Ludo and like chess, you know, learning chess. Well. That's, that's shoots and like ladders eight. to your Americans, just so you know. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> shoots and ladders. Yeah. Um, snakes snakes sounds yeah. like way scarier than shoots, for sure. Yeah, you didn't want to get eaten oh, by a yeah. snake and pooped out the back. That <laughs> generally wasn't a pleasant thing to have to experience as a six-year-old. Is that, do you know, what? That's what, that's what that meant? Yeah, I man. I thought you sort of slid down the back of it. 
Oh no, I totally oh, envisioned it as being Yeah, because it's it's kind of like a uh, yeah, it's kind of like uh, the body of a snake, you know. Yeah, be like Empire Strikes Back when they fly into that like asteroid worm thing, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared now. You've just ruined my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Um. Yeah, so starting out with that kind of stuff and things like Kaplunk. Do you remember Kaplunk and that weird little maze thing you could get where you had to like press all the buttons and move the things? Oh yeah. And it went over thing and it dinged and all sort of stuff. So yeah, sort of started with that and then during my teenage years, I got really into sort of things like Magic the Gathering and um, do you remember those two games that was it HB released, Space Crusade and Hero Quest? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hero Quest is big. Those two? Yeah, that was amazing. That was like that was that. I think that was the sort of pivotal moment when I went. Do you know what? I want to play more games for rest of my life. It was amazing. Um, so I picked up those two from like a car boot sale. For, um, I don't know what they call that in America. Yard sale, sale. Yard sale. Yard sale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So picked up those two from like a car boot sale for like two pound each, and uh, yeah, never looked back. I then started getting into things like Warhammer and the war gaming side of things, and lots of collectible card games, that sort of stuff, um, and then. I got to university, and then suddenly there was no bedtime, there was a little pot of cash, and I could uh, do what I liked, and then, yeah, kind of just got into the different things, like Settlers of Catan, that was a bit of a classic. This is a really boring story, I just realised, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sort of listening, game, 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 what happened? Um, yeah, and then eventually I got to Swindon, land around roundabouts, and it all went sort of full circle, and they were the roundabouts and it went full circle, are you kidding? <laughs> Like what I did there. I didn't actually mean to do that. That's brilliant. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Best analogy ever. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then got to Swindon, and then there was a hobby shop in my town, and I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to go for it. And I got really back into everything then, sort of playing. Uh, do, you ever, do you ever remember a card game called UFS? Which is like Street Fighter and. Um, oh, what was the other license? Yeah, there are loads of big ones. Hmm. Oh, King of Fighters. Okay. Sorry? I don't think no, I've ever played that game. No. Oh, it was awesome. It only lasted for a few years, and it got picked up by Jasco Games in the end, and they're still going now. But it had all, like, the um, the computer games uh, beat-em-ups as a card game, and nice. it was awesome. <laughs> UFS? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it was called the Universal Fighting System. Ooh. So you can have, like, Ryu versus um, Yeti from Darkstalk and things like that. It was awesome. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, and then the sort of, I don't know, got into World of Warcraft, the card game, after that. Oh. And I think that was when I sort of fell out of love. Because, I don't know about you guys, but I, I played loads and loads of these TCGs and CCGs. And eventually, I reached a point where I kind of just went, I can't keep up anymore. I'm playing these tournaments, and I'm trying to be competitive. And I just can't, you know, afford the money and the time mm-hmm. and the investment to just get my ass handed to me every other match you know yeah. it was it was almost demoralizing mm-hmm. and then they changed the sets and you have to buy more stuff and yeah i don't know I, I don't know about you guys did you ever sort of get into those sort of games oh yeah yeah we've done the magic the magic stuff and we have talked about that in previous episodes where it's like you know you basically you you either have to be very rich have a yeah. lot and have a lot of time in your hands. You get pretty much have to be single, either either single or or ve- a very bad husband or wife or girlfriend or boyfriend, and or you have to be twelve and you know not have any care in the world and then just hey, mom, can I get five bucks, you know, for mowing the lawn and then using it and just keep it going, keep going, keep going, that kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds about right. 
But then they'd be into Pokemon, probably. That game True. was nuts as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I kind of just fell out of love with those particular systems. Mm-hmm. And then board games came along, and I went, seriously, I can pay 40 quid, and that's it? That's the game? I can play it as many times as I want? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's what you're going to do. Yeah. Awesome. That, that's perfect. And now I've just got a room full of board games. <laughs> Story over. The end. Perfect. What about you? What about you, Gino? Mine's, mine's, mine's a bit shorter than that because I came into this game a little late. So um, I, this was well after uni. Now I'm, I'm a bit more grown up, and I met my now wife, girlfriend at the time, and she was saying, um, oh, "We should do this, we should do that." And she said to me one day, "Oh, let's we're going over to Adam and Tony's place. We're going to play board games." And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then what we're going to do after that? She's like, "No, no, no. We're going to play board games all day." I was like, "Seriously?" board games all day long because I was picturing like Monopoly, Scrabble, uh, yeah. uh, Clue mm-hmm. or uh, Cluedo in the UK. Mm-hmm. I thought, how are we going to play that all day? I mean, there's not that many out there. So I turn up and the board game we were going to play all day long because she said it was just going to be one game all day was Descent. Now, anybody listening who has played Descent, you can understand how that would last all day, <laughs> but it's possibly not the best introduction to board games for someone who's not into the hobby board games just yet mm-hmm. but I freaking loved it it was amazing I thought this is epic I said we've got to do this again we've got to do this again but we tried different games because I heard there was other games in the in the gaming scene mm-hmm. so the second game they decided to set me up with I said is it like the scent and they went no it's quite different but you'll like it I said okay what's it called and they said Arkham Horror and oh my god that's definitely not the game you should give to someone second <laughs> when they start getting to board games Arkham Horror was quite epic yeah. um, I went from Arkham Horror to Eclipse um, and then the Takanoko, and then I, I I found my I think my my good zone with Takanoko because I love that game. Yeah. Um, but that was just like the introduction, and I remember saying to Adam, "Oh man, how many of these games are out there?" Because like I'm really getting into this. I like this sort of thing. And Adam opened his his wardrobe, um, which was not full of clothes, but full of board games, like roof to ceiling of board <laughs> games. And I went, "Oh my god, there's loads of them!" And that was pretty much it. I was hooked. So found the local board game shop in Cardiff, and suddenly ran out of money. But luckily, because my wife got me into it, it's kind of all her fault, so right. she can't really blame me. Yeah, that's, uh, and that's, that's pretty much it. Nice. Met up with Bevan, because we, we knew each other from reenactment anyway, and he was uh, good friends with everyone else who plays board games. And uh, that's pretty much it. We got into the hobby and been buying and playing board games and buying more board games and buying more board <laughs> games ever since. Uh, now I don't have any money left whatsoever. Nice. Well, it seems like they really put you through the ringer for those first couple of games. Jeez, could they made it any harder? I mean, really. I know. <laughs> Tony has a habit of doing this. Like, numerous times he'll say to people, oh, yeah, we'll play a board game for the first time. Like He, he introduces people to board games with things like Arkham Horror, Descent, Eclipse, Firefly the board game, and what was the other one? Oh, um, Battlestar Galactica is in oh, the board games with. And it's like, no, no, man, there are gateway games for a reason, you know? <laughs> No kidding. That's it's it's surprisingly that it's surprising that you actually stayed on it instead of you know went the other way. You know, I'm like okay, I give yeah, up. Yeah, I think I was quite lucky in the fact that I loved Descent. Like it was just such good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if maybe Arkham would be my first one, I might have been a bit more hesitant. But it just it just went really well. And I think mm-hmm. this is a good group of people as well. Um, it went down quite well. So I was quite lucky in the sense that I was uh, I was playing with uh, with good people and my now wife. Um, so she kind of encouraged me to keep at it as well which was good that's perfect um so as some people that may be familiar with your podcast but not if they they're listening to ours and not not you know yours you guys are actually looking at making your own game yes that's right so um so bevan's the designer of this one it's called a game called ghost 
Um, you designed this, designed this quite a while back, Bev, and um, we've we've actually got between the three of us something of twelve fairly finished designed games. Um, but we picked this one because of all the play testing, this is the one that people tend to want to let go of less when we finish the game. Mm. They kind of want to keep playing. So we thought, well, there's a good reason to start maybe pushing this towards publishing. Mm. Um, and yeah, we're, we're at the stages now where we're getting very near to going live on Kickstarter. Um, we have artwork being done. Uh, the rules are near the finishing of editing. Uh, we are we have a, a deal in place with pub, uh, with printers, which we're getting it printed. And um, we're looking at now the shipping costs and taxes and things like you know, fumigation if you're sending it to Australia and all the little nitty-gritty details. <laughs> Try and make sure this is a success. Um, but that's the campaign. Devin, do you want to describe the game? Because you will do a better job of that than I will because you designed the thing. Is that okay? Should I go for it? Yes, of course. Hello? Yep. <laughs> cool. Um, so it's like a... Well, to give you the spiel, basically there's a house that's been haunted by this guy called Spooky. And... Um, He's got his four little ghost minions, and then somebody decides to turn the house into a hotel. And obviously, Spooky's not happy with this, so he gets his four ghosts and sends them out to try and scare all the people back out of the house. Um, and you score points based on how well you scare those people. Uh, so I guess mechanically, the best way to describe it, it's a dice worker placement game <laughs> with ghosts. Yeah, it's it's a different it's different because you're playing the perspective from the perspective of the ghosts rather than the people being mm-hmm. spooked by the ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's currently what we're working on at the moment. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. We love it. Um, we wouldn't take it this far if we didn't believe in it. Um, but that's not the whole podcast. Anybody who's listening has not heard our podcast before. That tends to be we put little updates at the end of the episodes about that game, but that's not the whole thing. Um, the latest episode we've done is about board gaming etiquette. So the right and wrong things to do when you're playing board games with friends, family. Patriots, random strangers, just the sort like we went to Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, even Google Plus, uh, board game geek forums, and we said to people, right, what's good board game etiquette? What's bad board game etiquette? And we, we found where there was consensus, consensus on things, and we put together a list and uh, we talked about that. That's one of our latest uh, episodes as well. So it's not just about the game; it's about board gaming and, and sort of board game things, just like yours. It's very similar to your your podcast, Kurt. That's why we uh, we we're friends and we talk and well, you know. <laughs> friendly at least no uh, i've said this i've said this in the past and i'll say it again if you guys haven't listened to talking tink about this is a great podcast it's it's a little too short for me i wish it would be a little bit longer so i could hear you guys talk a little bit more but you guys you guys guys, uh do a very good job talking about not only about games that you love but kind of the insight about uh what makes games tick and stuff like that which i think is great yeah, it's it's really easy. I think there are, there are a lot of podcasts out there where people just talk about um, the games they like. Mm-hmm. Maybe they talk mention about the games that don't. But I think it's really interesting to talk about the why and the how. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite podcasts out there, other than yours, Kurt, obviously, mm-hmm. is Ludology because he talks about like the the, the, the why of gaming. I think it's mm-hmm. his and it's just it's just fascinating and you start to unveil like why you realize why you do love some games and why you don't love others because mm-hmm. there are certain elements that you don't quite recognize as you're playing them but when you start to see the, the the sort of the gubbins and the gears underneath you start to realize oh there's a really good reason I love this game mm-hmm. you know and it's it's just a fascinating way of doing of looking at board games I think because mm-hmm. it's um, it's sort of encapsulates a lot of how we experience play with others and, mm-hmm. and that doesn't just come with board games as well but yeah 
we could talk about that for quite a while because obviously yes. we're all very educated fellows yeah. but maybe we should actually uh, <laughs> move on otherwise i'll be talking for the rest of the night because i have to remember i'm not hosting this podcast so i'll leave it to you i'm right. so sorry all right well i'm Thank gonna leave i'm gonna whale. come on <laughs> i'm gonna leave you guys take over i'm gonna go have a snack and a nap no, I'll, uh, no, come back. see you in a few <laughs> clop oh, clop God, clop sorry. no um, oh, speaking no. of snacks, PB and J, that's a big thing in America, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, oh man, I am so into PB and J right now. <laughs> For anybody who's listening to this in British shores, PB and J represents peanut butter and, as the Americans call it, jelly. But we should call this jam, peanut butter and jam oh, in a yes. sandwich, right, Bevan? Hello. Yes. Yes. Is that what you have, peanut yeah. butter and jam? Yes. <laughs> What jam do you have with your peanut butter? And Kurt, you have to tell me this, right? So in the UK, we have crunchy peanut butter and we have smooth peanut butter. Yes. Do you have the same? Same. Cool. And what you call jelly, we call jam. But you have that in like strawberry jam and like raspberry jelly and, and all these things, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, we have jam and jelly. Okay, okay. Oh, you have jam and jelly? We do. Okay, so what's the difference for you guys? Um, I think I think jam is a little more thick. It's a little harder okay. to spread where jelly is a little more... I don't know how do you, what would be the word viscous? I don't know. Viscous or less viscous? I yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't know the don't know the term, but yeah, jam is okay. jam is more of a, I don't know. It's more solid, more parts to it. Where it's funny because I actually bought my son loves peanut butter jelly like all the time. He could probably have it for everything, lunch, dinner, snacks, whatever. But I made the mistake of buying jam. And oh my god, do I hate putting jam on toast? Because it is. <laughs> I, I, so then you get those little holes, and you're like, okay, do I make a face to make it seem silly instead of making making it look like I have this Death Star hole in the side of it? I don't know, you know. That that's a bad solution I've ever heard of it. Faces and Death Star holes. <laughs> yeah, Dad, I'm 21 years old. Stop putting faces in my toast. Uh, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. So, so hang on, this, I got a really important question. This is really serious, really serious, right? Now, Kurt, as an American, this is your expert opinion here. Yes. What type of peanut butter and what type of type of jelly go best together? Is Whoa. it smooth, crunchy, and is it like strawberry, raspberry? You tell me now. Oh. So when I do this the first time, I get to experience the best combo. That you know, I'm not I'm not the best connoisseur of peanut butter and jelly, but I know I do know what I like. And for okay. my for my money, and my my wife would actually disagree with me. It's uh, smooth peanut butter and raspberry jelly. Smooth, I'm, I'm writing this down. Hang on. <laughs> Smooth peanut butter and red. And what would your wife like? I'm going to try your wife. She loves wife. crunchy peanut butter. Crunchy peanut butter. And strawberry jelly. And strawberry jelly. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to try this. And I'll get back to you. And I'll tell you which one of you is right. <laughs> right. Gino, I, I'm telling I think I think you... I think you're just... You're too much of a hermit. I think you need to go out... And experience the peanut butter and jelly for yourself. Oh, I, okay. I will. I will do some combo testing. Yep. I, I need to get out of the office more. You know, smell the roses. Get you know, I don't know. You know, have a butterfly land on your nose. I mean, really experience life. Feel <laughs> <laughs> okay, like... this image you just sort of rolling down a hill. Going into <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like every little house on the prairie episode or whatever. You know. <laughs> Okay, I, I feel like I've been told, so perhaps <laughs> I'll leave this issue aside. Bevan, just out of interest, what peanut butter and jelly do you have on yours? I like a crunchy with um, strawberry jam. Well, there you go. Mix of the two. Okay, fair enough. Right. Oh, I have done marmalade, though. That was really weird, yeah. though. Oh, I'm, a, I'm also a big, me and my son are also big fans of honey, too, so if you do 
peanut butter and honey, that's a great combination too. Okay, okay, we'll try this. Excellent. Yes. Cool. Just don't eat it before go, you go to bed, otherwise you may not. Oh, that's a good point. There's a lot of sugar in that. Well, I like it, I might not go to bed. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, because you said they're jittering, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, especially in your, guy, your guys' line of work, I don't know if I'd want to be around anything and be jittery at all. <laughs> yeah, it would be quite bad. <laughs> Get the old exacto knife out and stab myself. <laughs> so we'll get into our topic now. It, I thought it'd be cool to when we got these we got these guys on. Um, Bevan, uh, his wife just had a, a baby rec- recently, right? Oh, about a year ago. Now. About a year ago. Okay, but so a little a over year. a year. It's fairly recent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still fairly new. And Gino's wife has one in the oven. That's right. And in January uh, she's due. <laughs> and uh, that's near my birthday. That's is it? Good. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> What oh. day is your birthday? 24th. Oh, shit, that's really close. Yeah, don't... 27th, did you? Yeah, don't let her have it. Don't let her have it on his birthday, otherwise he, he's never going to have a birthday again. <laughs> don't push! <laughs> don't push! Yeah, exactly. Don't that, cross your legs. Just does anybody have a cork? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm oh, so glad she doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> We're all kidding. Come on, we're all kidding, people. Of course, it's of all course jokes around here. Yeah, I'm not. But, uh, so I thought I would talk about gaming with family and friends. So there's a lot of things we can touch on this. So I, if the first thing I thought I would I would uh, bring up is, is there any differences that you guys know that you have when it's gaming with your friends or with your family? Because it seems like with my family and my friends. You know, my friends now are a little more hardcore gaming now, so, you know, and it's only fairly recent for us. It's only about three years, you know. Um, but for my parents, you know, they've, you know, they introduced us to the hobby, you know, so we had to play oh, cool. Sorry and the Shoots and Ladders and, and Monopoly, Godforsaken Monopoly, and, uh, you know, all these other games that got us into it. And, but, you know, and now I'm starting to kind of get my family into more of the games that I play, kind of sneak them in there. But I just wanted to know your guys' take on that. Is, is is that something you guys have done, or is it something where your family's just straight, just like I don't care what this is, or you know, what's that all about? Go on, Beth, you go first. Well, well this is family, yeah. So um, it's weird. I I don't see my family very often because we sort of live about three and a half hours away drive. So oh. when I do pop down, it's. Rarely, I rarely get the occasion to actually play any games. So when we do, it's usually sort of around Christmas, and it's the you know, Pictionary, Scrabble, that kind of that kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, it's weird though that um, my wife's family are—they're quite into things like Trivial Pursuit. And on our last holiday, I t- took a few along. You know, took along a few extra games. You know, ones that might be nice gateway games. So then we had one, a uh, love letter that went down really well. Nice. Um, and there's just one called Face to Face or something. I can't remember. But but it's actually my wife's family that I find I can introduce a game to, and they'll they'll pick it up and have a go. Mm-hmm. And but they tend to sort of that's it, you know, one playthrough, we're done with that. Uh, and they tend to get confused as well quite easily by themes. So it seems to be abstract games like Scrabble and Trivial Pursuit go over better mm-hmm. than a game with a strong theme because then they kind of just sit there and you you have to kind of explain why why this rule is there and why that because you know sometimes how the theme has to be slightly abstracted so that this rule that comes in that doesn't seem to make much sense theme-wise is there just to make the game work better or play better or be more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so sometimes I have a bit of a discussion and a bit of confusion because I'm sitting there going, well, why can't I do that? Said, because if you did that, the game would be broken. We'd all just, might as well just go home. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think with family, it's, it's often trickier just to get around those barriers. So is it is it something that you when you say you introduce love leather is it to her family is it is it something that you that you try to get you know out there or do you just say you know what they just this is the way they've played for a while I'll just stick with that I don't want to complicate things and you know make it to where they just kind of sit there with you know deer and headlights look you know yeah <laughs> um, yeah we're gonna upgrade from love leather to eclipse let's give that a go. <laughs> no no. <laughs> No one's as no one's as mean as Tony. Let's just all agree there. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't start you running, mate. We're just gonna we're gonna let you crawl first. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It was I, I I just went through my collection and picked the games that I thought would have the easiest theme mm-hmm. and the best sort of quick quick fire mechanics. I mean, we even played Settlers of Catan. I was really lucky to uh, I picked up like a travel a travel copy when I was over in Japan, mm-hmm. and it's just it's gorgeous, a little metal case and really cool looking components. And they actually sat down and played that, and they were really keen on that game. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, they've never asked me to play it again. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, they might be, that might be saying something in itself. <laughs> I think it went well. Yeah, no one's ever asking yeah. about it again. <laughs> At least you were that far. My, my family are completely opposite. So, like, uh, well, not opposite. They're completely different in the sense that. Um, they're not really into board games at all. Like mm. my parents are not into board games and haven't got the patience for it. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister and her partner are not really. My brother and his wife, um, I did manage to get them to play a game of Dixit, which they loved. Mm-hmm. And now they live quite far away, but when they come to visit a few times a year, I think they're now more keen to play board games. Mm-hmm. But they're definitely going to be at the most gateway games. Like it, like Dixit was easy to get them into because it was what, quite abstract. Mm-hmm. It'll be things like that. Dixit, Quirkle, mm-hmm. um, nothing like... I think you even like Takedo or, or Takenoko would be a bit of a stretch. Mm-hmm. But like my niece and my nephew, so we've got a, a nephew who's six and niece is four. We're kind of starting to mold them towards board games already. Yes. We may have bought them a few board games for birthdays and Christmases, um, which they've really enjoyed. Uh, I mean, the biggest success ever, we bought my nephew um, uh, Feed the Woozle, which is like a, oh. it's almost like a board game for kids. Mm-hmm. And it's a co-op board game. And he was playing it, my sister told me, it's, uh, 11 months later, he was still when his friends came over in November the following year, he was still playing it. Mm-hmm. Um which for a kid with board games, the same game. He was still playing the same game with his friends eleven months later. So playing a game eleven months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did he not like stop to go to bed or anything? Not, not the same actual game. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like a ghost. His his eyes are drooping. It's not Twilight (laughs) Two. Can't stop. But uh, no, I think I think we're starting to mold them into into board gamers. They're starting to get into board games, and, and they've even now asked for some board games for their birthdays and Christmas. So um, I think that's probably what we're going to be doing with family is sort of starting starting with the young ones and sort of molding them with the board gamers rather than trying to convert the old older ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how we're going. Yeah, it's always it's always the best to start young. I think because a lot you know a lot of people that are a little older they're kind of used to what they're used to, and it's kind of hard to introduce stuff like I um. Uh, we had a game night with my family, and they're the ones that got me big into into just you know like the old school games and stuff like that. But uh, they've been willing to try different things and stuff like that, which has been great. Um, but you know, one time I decided this last time we were we were gaming, I decided to bring out diamonds, which is a trick taking game. And uh, my fa- my mom's family is big into trick taking games, so they play like old school games like hearts and clubs and stuff like that. You know, so 
I thought for sure that this game would be a fun game, you know, to do. Well, you know, well, then when you're trying to describe, you know, what each suit does, then it's all of a sudden it slows it down. And then and then I have to kind of explain every time somebody does, okay, what am I doing now? And I'm like, well, they've got a picture on the card here that says, take it from the middle and put it to the front of your the front of your, your vault. And they're like, right here? I'm like, yep, that's the front of your vault. Yep, that's where you put it, you know. And then and my family's got a great sense of humor, so every once in a while I can pick on my sister. Because my sister, she, she claims that she's very dumb when it comes to games, and she's not. She just, for some reason, she just, I think he, she has it in her head that she's that way. So then she'd be like, I don't get it. And I'm like, you just did it. <laughs> you know, you can, you can actually do this, you know. Just, just do what you've been doing. You'll be fine, you know. So, you know, so it's one of those things where, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to bring out, you know, like, Lords of Waterdeep and be like, oh, here you go, you know. That, ah. I'm sure they'd be lost by, you know, turn two or turn one even. But, you know, I could, you know, possibly bring out a ticket to ride, which is not, you know, I don't, to, in my opinion, not a very hard game to teach. And you know, or something, you know, you know, something along those lines, and then they would they would want to play it. So, um, yeah, I think it just kind of depends, you know. With with our son, he's, I think he just loves to play with anybody. So he's just like, okay, uh, you know, let's do this, you know. So he'll be like, we'll bring out something, and he'll be like, okay, you know, let's do this. This is fun, you know. And then you know, at one point, I decided to see how well his. Um, how well his, uh, how well he'd pay attention. So I said, okay, well, let's play Legendary Villains. And, you know, I helped him through it because, you know, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of text he can't read and stuff like that. But I was like, well, this is what happens. You know, you get to, you get to attack for twice, you know, two times if you do this, or, you know, you can buy with two of these, you know. And he did really well. He probably made it about three-fourths of the way through a game before finally he's like, Dad, can we play another game? And I'm like, I would love, I would, I would love to. I'm just glad you made it this far. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a nice story. Yeah. yeah well so, done. <laughs> so you know, so and and it's nice to just you know bring in other games and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, it's it's cool having kids now because then you can kind of play with what you think that they want to have and stuff like that. So like when we went to Gen Con and we grabbed Rhino Hero, I'm like, this is the perfect game for anyone, including him. You know. Yeah, 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 of course. And we even got uh, Tracy's parents, like, kind of like your traditional card games and stuff like that, but even they were, like, in love with that game. So it's nice to just kind of find... It's kind of... It's really makes you feel like you have an, a, a sense of accomplishment when you find this game that everybody likes, you know? And it's like, I did it, you know? <laughs> it kind of feels like you did something special, you know? High fives all around. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. In fact, um, at Bevan's last birthday, last January, uh, we went to... Uh, a board game cafe in Oxford, which is nowhere near any of us, but we mm. made the, we made the journey there, and we played Rhino Hero. And because it's a cafe and all the games there, they were actually selling it there, and I had to get it. My wife said, yeah. "We're buying this today." <laughs> like we weren't leaving without that cafe, without that game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to happen. So, uh, so we've got it, and that's a really good. I never thought of playing that with my family, so maybe next time we're all together, I think I'll, I'll whip mm-hmm. that out and see, yeah. what, uh, see what they think. Because it's it's like Jango but better, which yeah. they can all play. So. Yeah, exactly. And you know, for the kid that's got the little superhero Rhino, which is cute and. And just to razz your family or friends for when, you know, something bad happens, that's always fun, so. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. Okay. Just walking around the table going, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Yeah. Nope, be careful, steady. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we talked about family. Let's get into the subject of friends. So well, now, obviously, with the friends that we have, and I know you guys from what you guys have been talking and stuff like that, you're all friends on the podcast and stuff like that, and you've grown up with games, but... 
Now, so, you know, it's not a way of, like, you know, trying to bring games and stuff like that. I, I would suggest how do you bring games that you like that you know that the other people may not like or not, have not tried? How do you talk them into playing the games that you want to play that maybe is not quite their cup of tea? That's a real tough one. I mean, what 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 has happened sometimes? So, um, Tony, he's not. Why am I answering? I feel like I should represent Tony in this podcast. <laughs> Tony's really good at organising parties, and he he only has he normally has a, a party at New Year's Eve. Mm. And what he'll often do is is invite different groups of friends all to one party. And it's not like it's not the kind of party where everyone turns up gets completely wasted till like three o'clock in the morning and nobody can remember anything. Mm-hmm. There is alcohol, but we're all fairly civilised. Mm-hmm. So. Everyone comes over, different groups of friends, and everyone's like, oh, hey, this is Bob, this is Timmy, this is, you know, Kelly, whatever. Everyone introduces each other. Each, everyone introduces each other. Um, and then we'll play board games. Like, that. that's the point. And everyone knows we're playing board games. So there's a good mix of people that play board games quite a lot, and there's a good, good mix of people that don't play board games. Mm-hmm. And we generally try and make sure we've got enough gateway games and games that people are going to enjoy and play if they've never played games before. Yes. And it's a really great way of introducing them to the idea of, new hobby board games because it's a party it's quite it's quite relaxed it's very informal doesn't matter if you if you if you know if you mess up a bit um we play games that sort of suit the atmosphere and um it's a really good way of getting people to try it and a few people have actually now said oh, are we are we playing board games at the next new year's party it's like yes we, we, we right. always play board games don't worry about that if you're getting together for a gathering there'll be board games available so we found that's quite a successful way of getting of getting new friends to play board games i mm-hmm. think that's a, it's a good way of doing it it's great so then, is there is, has there been like anybody that's like joined the group or like has been really interested, or is it just a thing where it's like, okay, when we all get together, we'll do this thing? Um, yeah, we've definitely had like people who we only used to see from time to time mm-hmm. say, "Hey, look, I I really actually had fun playing that Batan game." We're like, "No, no Catan with a cut." Like, oh, okay, yeah, that Catan game can. Can I can I come around a bit more often and play these games? And we're like, yeah, of course you can. That's the whole point. We're a social group. We get together. We play games. So there have been a few people, a handful of people, who have become more regular gamers, and we actually see more now as a result, which is really good. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a good way of um, of getting new players to play. Mm-hmm. I think rather than just sort of a one off, they only play from time to time, and um, it means that they know that then if we're getting together to play board games, that they're just as welcome and they're just as able to, to join us for that. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, a a day for only board gamers because they consider themselves part of that group now. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Bevan? Uh, what getting people into game? Well, the, do you know what's weird is I seem to go the other way with a lot of this sort of stuff. So I, I sort of go to a few gaming clubs or uh, gaming shops and meet people there and become uh, you sort of become acquaintances through playing the games. You have little chats and you figure out who who sort of clicks with your personality. And we tend to go the other way where then. I'll invite them over to play games or something, and we we spend like the first hour of the of a gaming night just shooting the shit. You know, we're just talking or watching funny videos on YouTube or something like that. And then we may sit down for a game, or we'll you know order some food or something. Mm-hmm. And it's really strange. It, it I tend to find that we start from the other end where we mm-hmm. we become friends because we play board games, and then we become better friends afterwards. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm really bad at introducing new people to board games. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of go the other way. Yeah. I think I think it's partly because of Tony. Because what Tony tends to do is he'll try lots of new things. So he's part of a musical theatre group. He's just joined an amateur dramatics group that just does uh, 
plays rather than musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he does so many different things. And then every time he does that, he wants to introduce that new group of friends to board games. Mm-hmm. So he introduces us to them and, and them to us. And he kind of he, he's kind of our recruiter, I guess. He, he's the guy we send out <laughs> to, to bring new people into this world of of, uh, of, of gateway games. Uh-huh. He's kind of the, the, the drug dealer of the group, if you, if you want to look at it that way. Yep. So I think it's quite, it's quite unique in that way. Yeah, yep. it's always great to have that person because otherwise you're... You know, it's not quite stagnant, but you know, it's it. You know, you don't get to have those experiences with those other people. So, yeah, and that's the that's the thing I found I found with this with the gaming community and in general. You know, like when we went to me and my wife went to Gen Con. You know, I thought I thought for sure it was just going to be okay. We're going to go. We're going to just play some games and then we'll go home and or we'll go to our hotel and rest. You know, but we had so many like interesting experiences with, with just anybody. You know, we be outside and we had a drink and we were talking with a uh um older gentleman that had a couple of kids that the you know only time he gets 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 to see his kids is this you know they only have a couple of big times a year you know and stuff like that so he brings them there and they have a ton of fun you know and, and then it went to you know talk with some other people that were just you know from you know different parts of the world and stuff like that and it's just it's cool to have these experiences it's not just hey we're here to play a board game and we're here to get out it's like you know it's it's interesting too because I I don't know if I if I referenced this when we talked about Gen Con but um even though I I've been lucky enough to have this podcast and build to know some great people like you guys and and other people in the game community I'm still you know myself I'm still very nerdy I'm still very inside I'm you know pretty re- reserved dude you know and there's only sometimes where you know my my true self will come out and I'll I'm relaxed enough to talk and stuff like that but you know, at Gen Con, the first day was very hectic, so it was and it was new to us, so it was very hard to be like, "Oh my God, what am I doing?" You know. And then we had these experiences with different people, and then after a while, it's just like it's like you're walking at your walking around in your house, and it's like, "Okay, hey, you know, hi, you know, how's it going?" And blah blah blah. And we're gonna sit down and play this game, you know. And hey, where are you from? Oh, that's cool, you know. And it's cool to just have experiences more than just the board gaming aspect of it. Yeah, everything that sort of surrounds the game as well. I mean, it's because mm-hmm. you, you you are amongst your amongst your peers, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're amongst your people, mm-hmm. which is quite cool. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, totally. so it's kind of cool. Because I don't walk around, you know, cons in my underpants like I would at home. Yeah, that's the only thing I'd say there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's it's. I like that they have those kind of things because also there's all the all these people that maybe are very, you know. I don't know what the word you would say, but you know, pretty antisocial, where they would they actually feel comfortable and are able to do those things, you know, on a consistent basis and be who they are. Which I love that. So, yeah. So I that's think that's cool, great. Man. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Well, I think we've kind of reached that topic. So now I want to do something fun with you guys. So um, we, I tried this with Mike, and it didn't work out so well just because Mike had a tough time trying to figure out some of the things that I was trying to do with this game. But um, uh, before I liked, I'd liked, I'd liked to call it the MFG Cast game, but I'm going to call it the Board Game Geek game because actually, what I was going to try to do is go on Amazon and do some fun stuff. But Board Game Geek actually, uh, I was able to find some fun stuff to do here, so I'm going to call it the Board Game Geek game. Okay, so okay. this is how it's going to go. I'm going to have you, Bevan, and you, Gino, face off. And basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to read either one or two reviews of a game. Okay? Trying to leave out 
the most obvious stuff out of the reviews as possible so you don't know exactly what this game is all about. Okay? Um, these reviews are not going to be stellar. Let's just say that. I'm I'm going from Board Game Geek from what people rate as ones. Or twos. So, it's not going to be very friendly. But, it's going to be games that you guys have actually played. So it should be... It should... Okay, motorcycle guy, go away. Okay. So so it should be somewhat easy, but I'm going to try to make it as hard as possible. So, um, I've got two, four, six, seven games right now. And what we'll do is we'll go through, so then we'll we'll just see how many points you can get. If there's a... Well, there won't be a tie because there's seven, so uh, whoever has the most points out of seven is the winner. So Okay. Do we just shout out what we think we're going to do? Yes. So what you want to do... Actually, what I'm going to have you do is um, when you think you know the game, I want you to shout out your name first. Okay. Okay? Because then um, I'll call on you, and then once once I think you you have the answer, you can say it just in case... You decide to think about it for a little bit, and we won't spoil it for the next person, hopefully. So, okay. Okay. So, you guys think you're ready? I'm always ready. Okay. Swag my shoulder. All right. Um. Well, uh, I forgot to leave out a couple of things. So, I will do the two reviews, and then uh, after that, if you guys don't get it from there, I'll just start naming off some information about the board game, like either who it's published by, when it was published. I'm gonna give you some obscure stuff, so it's not gonna be too incredibly easy, but we'll try it out anyway. Okay. Okay. So I have he... a feeling this is going to go horrendously towards Bevan because he's got a much better knowledge of board games in general than I have. But well, let's, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's it's worth <laughs> yeah. it's worth a shot. Okay. All right. Here's our first. Here's our first one rating on Board Game Geek for this game. Okay. Okay. I love it that people who have reviewed this game praise it to the heavens, but then turn around and snobbishly sniff at other games as, in parentheses, don't bring anything new to the table. Okay, this is Alan Moon's 36th reuse of the same theme, mechanics, scoring methods, and this somewhat how new, I I think they just like the pretty pictures. This is a well-designed game, sure, but it's pointless to waste another hour on it when that hour could be applied to something meaningful and thought-provoking. Like most recent German-style games, this has little repay value or depth, and that ultimately is a better barometer of a game's merit than anything else. As far as as accessibility, there was a time when gamers got into the hobby through Axis and Allies or Civilization. This game might as well be Candyland compared to those. In fact, this game is evidence that if Candyland were released today, fat bearded men and their grotesque obese wives would be hunkered over it declaring how clever and elegant the mechanics are, just like they do with TTR. Oh, Gino, I got this. Go on. (laughs) Ticket to ride. Ticket to ride. No way! I knew Bevan would have a good kick on that. (laughs) One of Bevan's favorite games. Well, I know Alan Moon designed Ticket to Ride, and I thought, can someone really be saying this about this game? But Yep, I think there's just a lot of people that just want to crap on games, so it's interesting to say what they have to say about it. Okay. Oh, here's 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 something that might appeal to you guys. This is the this is the next uh rating that I saw that it, it says uh if you want to bore your friends with brainless strategy as stakes and ladders ask gameplay, then apply this gate, great gateway game on them. 
Wow. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Some mean, mean people out there. All right. Well, I suppose nothing, you know, not everything should be a cup of tea, but... Yeah. Ride. Yeah, I know, right? I know. Well, it's one of those things where you know, when, you know, when I first heard about the game, I was like, okay, what what fun could a train game be? You know, I it's not yeah. that you know, I just I'm not a huge fan of trains, but you know, to you know, to me, it was just like, okay, I, I just don't know, you know. And then finally, when you know, I kind of talked my my wife into buying it because I was like, well, a lot of people say it's a great gateway game, you know, and I'd love to play it with you, you know? and. Uh, Ever since we played it now, we've loved it, you know, so it's weird to see how people can really crap on a game. I can understand how you can dislike a game, but when you have a, when you have a uh, comment on the game like that, that first review that I had, it just, to me, it just boggles my mind. Okay. So Gino has a point. Got the, yep. So we go to the next one. Bevan, I gave you an easy one. You didn't even get it. Come on now. I know. We, uh, Alan Moon. I was like, I don't want to know this. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I got this. Right. Okay. All right. Yep. Put your listening ears on. We'll get it here. Game number two. So this is also a number one. What a waste of $10. This game involves virtually no thought. Do I play this card or this card? It's the deepest thinking that you can have. Often you are forced to play one card. Often you can lose a round without even playing a card. Do you, have, do you have a yes, I win the round, is a common first term. Summary. Gino. What's that? I think I know what it is. Okay. Love letter. Love letter. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Bevan, I think, should we just call it now? Is it, you know? <laughs> oh, come on. Right, no, no, that's it. We're going to go. I'll get the next one. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, I, um, for two reviews, I have yawn. <laughs> Wow. Exact, exact same thing. Yawn. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, does this qualify? Does this really qualify as a game? Is another one of them. <laughs> People are so, so harsh. I don't know. So That's really. Kurt, you've been to the Bookman Geek Thor forums, right? Yes. Yeah, some of the stuff people talk about in there. She's like, who can be the biggest douche? I know. It's, <laughs> I know. It's so ridiculous. It's like, it, why would you even go on if you just want to be a, you know, you want to be a toad? I mean, who cares, you know? Yeah. We all, we're all here to have fun. That's why they're called games. Games are fun. Exactly. <laughs> uh, just, it's insane. All right. So now okay. we'll move on to game number three. Ah. I believe you got that so fast. Ah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Joe, I'm kind of glad Tony's not playing because he would probably be screaming right now. If he had oh, he would. He's <laughs> so competitive. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So now I'm going to read one that is an actual two. Oof. Okay. Played it and didn't care for it. Randomness is good in games, as so long as it plays a purpose, usually to keep the game fresh and ensure no guaranteed strategy ever arises. It feels like randomness in this game just overwhelms the impact of player choice. Your blank is random. I, d- I left that word, that phrase out for a reason. Okay. Your building selection is random. Your blank ability, ability is random. You get nailed with take that cards, the worst of which are man- mandatory quest. Oh, Bevan, 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 Bevan,
Ah. <laughs> Bevan is on the board. Um, here's another one. Uh, most overrated game I've ever seen here. Bland, boring, and uninspired. It's there's not a single reason to play this game. Simple resources, forced player interaction, and not a sing, not single, uh, not a sing good design idea. I can't shake of the feeling this was a result of a 10-minute board game design contest and not the winning entry. What? I yeah. love Waterdeep. <laughs> yeah. People have I have had the bland things in a few times, though. And a lot of people have said, you know, if it didn't have the D&D theme on it, it could just be themed with anything. Mm-hmm. So, well, it might be something But you that. can say that about a lot of games. Yes. Know. Yes, for like, sure. Takaido, you're walking across Japan. That's the best thing about it is the theme. You know, the idea of a nice serene walk across the country. Mm-hmm. But you could say, oh, you're walking across a park. You know, it could be any theme, but... Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think I think it all depends upon um, how people kind of introduce the game too, because I think with Lords of Waterdeep, I think if you don't if you don't kind of introduce that it's a Dungeons and Dragons game, and you don't kind of read the instructions about what exactly is going on with the theme of it. I think a lot of times that could get lost. Where I think Takedo has more of a look and a feel to like you definitely feel like you are going on that track. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good um, point you make. But but definitely, it, but definitely, it's one of those things where, it, again, I I think it's just because I'm a little more positive when it comes to stuff. I'm like that with movies too, because someone could be like, "This movie is is shit," and I'll be like, "I loved it." <laughs> like, I don't care if it was simple. I, you know, if I I just I I liked it. I don't care what you think. You know, exactly. So entertain me for two hours. It's a win. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. So, so Bevan is on the board. So now we could. Tie it up with this next next game. All right. Let's go through here quick. The suspense is killing me. I know, right? I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I have to just make sure I find the ones that I want to read too, so I don't read something that is silly. All right. Well, I'll I'll read a couple of them because I think the ones I picked aren't aren't the best. But I think I've, the I think once I start reading off other stuff, you guys will get it. Okay. This is a terrible, terrible game. Huge hype, huge disappointment. The game offers absolutely no variation in strategy. Players simply must buy all the expensive dice and hope they roll them before the others. Uh, me, Bev, 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 Bev. Bev. Quarriers, correct. Oh, he ties it up. Wow, good job. That could have been any dice game. That could have been Dice Masters. Dice well, I suppose Quarriers you know, comes from Dice Masters. It's but, funny, dice that, Masters. That's what me and Gemma sort of spotted out of Quarriers was the fact that, yeah, buy the big dice, win the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think, um, but I think it's got more strategy to it than that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, that, that, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cool. And it, it depends upon who you're playing with, too, because if you're both not particularly have a strategy, then you could definitely say that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I think you're absolutely right. There's, cause there's Dice Master. There's also the D&D one. We've got, I've got sat on my shelf and I really want to play it. But mm-hmm. it is just Corey's by another name, I guess. Yeah. And I think, I, think that, I think that the Dice Master stuff have done a better job of limiting 
you know, dice and not trying to make stuff too overpowering. And it makes it a little bit harder. I think with couriers, I think it's something where you can easily get the small or easily get the bigger um, dice and stuff like that. But with the with the dice Marvel's dice masters and stuff like that, the D and D ones, I think they've limited it limited it to where you know it takes you a little bit more time to build up to get to that spot. So, oh, cool! So. I have to play it more. I think I've only played the dice masters one a couple of times. So. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing too is that, and I don't know if you guys have listened to, but it was I think it was a couple of podcasts before that we talked about. We played it all wrong. There was a couple of things that we actually yeah, missed in the setup of it that you know made things a lot more interesting once we actually figured out that we did that part wrong. So you know that could be in the telling of the thing too is if you don't if you don't tell you know if you don't do this game according to what you think it should you know what it should actually be then you could obviously have you know, you know, a bad taste in your mouth of it and maybe not play that again, you know? So that's why I always tell people to give, you know, give a game another shot, not just the one play, you know, unless it's something you're really disgusted with, you know, there's going to be a chance where you, you know, you're going to love something. You know, I've, I've gone on record saying that when I first played Lords of Waterdeep, I did, I disliked it. I just, for some reason, it just, I didn't get it. And then when I played it again, when my wife bought that and Scoundrels of Skullport, I mean, it just all came together and, and made me totally flip on it, so. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I played it once, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to have to play it again, because the first time I played it, I just got absolutely hosed. Mm-hmm. And there was, nothing, there, there was, like, nothing I could have done about it. The dice roll just basically screwed me every time. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. um yeah. Yep. And play it. And play I, it. With, play it with the expansions. That makes it that much better. Uh, Way better. I have heard that. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. No, definitely. I, I had the same thing with Cult Express. The first time I played it, I just kind of wasn't sold. Like I just bought it. And I thought, oh, this isn't as good as everyone's saying. Then I played it again since, and I thought, ah, now I get it. Mm-hmm. Now I see why everyone loves this game. Yeah. There, there was definitely a, a difference of the second time around. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely one of those things where you have to. Just you know, give stuff a give stuff a chance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So now we're gonna go on to the next one. See who's gonna take the lead. Okay. All right. Let's do this. All right. This is another one that they read this game. Ugh. Absolute chaos, and there's nothing. There's not even anything resembling a theme to try and hold your interest. Chrononauts is a similar game, except that it's better. Okay. Is it timeline? No, it is not. Okay. <sighs> so I will move on from there, and I'll read the next one. Okay. I can see how people would enjoy this as an activity, but as at a game, I absolutely detest it. Why? I can go on and on, as the, can the game. There's no telling whether it lasts five minutes or an hour. There's usually no meaningful choices to make on your turn, and the time between turns can be pretty significant. The game changes so much between turns that there's no hope for planning. Ugh. Bevan? How many guesses can I have? You can have as many as you want. Oh, cool. Bevan. Bevan. Is it Flux? It is Flux. Ah! <laughs> It's one of the games that's the most loved and the most hated at the same time. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a Marmite game, isn't it? Yes. It's 
Spider, yep. like Munchkin. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it's funny too because I I've gone on record too where I'm like I'm so sick of these games, and then I'll be like, oh, that that was fun. <laughs> yeah. And I think it has more more to do than experience. You know, like if I play it with somebody that you know that I that doesn't really play games and kind of gets hooked on it a little bit, then I'm like, okay, you know. Or if I have an experience with my son that you know he likes playing the flux games, and every once in a while he'll be he'll be crazy for you know the different combos and stuff like that. So then that will get me in. But then after a while, it's like okay, I, I'm I can't I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, boy, we're not playing this any longer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, all right. We'll see if Gino can tie it all up, or if. Or if Bevan can take a commanding lead. All right, this is number six. All right. Let me read. All right. This one is a two. A, A waste of time. Honestly, this should be enough of a summary, but hey. The game wasted my time, so let's waste yours. <laughs> Ascension-style deck building rests on somewhat distinctive valuation between various players. Um, Bevan. Bevan. Is it the DC deck builder? It is! Wow! Oh! Bevan Damn takes it. a commanding lead. Oh. Not cool. That was lucky. <laughs> All right. It's 4-2. <laughs> yep. So it's should we wins. should we crown should we crown him now or should we do the last one? No, I want to get I want to at least get back. All to right, all right. Gino wants to get into silver status. Let's see if we all can right. do it. All right, last game. And this one's gonna break some people's hearts. Okay, I'm gonna read a couple of them. This one is a one. Spiel des Jahres? Yeah, sure. If you like boring games. Okay. Ugh. Okay. A massive groaner. Two instead of one because people laughed at the table. Okay. Okay. Gino. Gino. Camel cup? Camel up. It is. It is. Yes. Yes. Good job. Very nice. Wow. How did you even get that? That's amazing. Yeah. That was definitely, you definitely pulled that out of your anus. That was amazing. <laughs> because that was such a hard one, does that give me three points? <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, Gino, you fought bravely. But I might have to give Bevan the trophy. Yep, we'll have to get, we'll have to get you guys on again so we can, we'll get Tony on too and we'll see if he can, if he can take Bevan's crown. Yeah. To be fair, right? As long as I didn't lose to Tony, I'm I'm okay with it. <laughs> Very nice. Nice. All right. All right. Well, I've talked to you guys' ear enough. Thank you guys for coming back on again. Or coming on again. I appreciate it so much. It's finally nice to get you guys back on and just be able to talk a little bit about what we uh, about some stuff and about how how you guys got up in gaming and stuff like that. Um, why don't you guys tell tell everybody a little bit about your podcast and how people can reach you? Okay, so um, 
Our podcast is the Talking Tinkerbots, because we refer to ourselves as the Tinkerbots. Uh, you can find us in all podcast uh, players, like the iTunes podcast player, Overcast, and any of the other ones that are out there that I don't know the name of. Um, we talk about board games, talk about the board gaming industry, we talk about the board gaming world. It's not just reviews. In fact, we don't actually review games that often. We do t- tend to interview people quite a lot. We've had interviews of people like Kim Breback, who did the Monstrous board game. We've interviewed John Covey, who's done Peptide. Is it, did he do Peptide? Is that his? Yeah, yeah Peptide Ion. And he's got Compound coming out now. Um, we're soon to be interviewing the MFG cast guys. That's going to be a good one. Um, so, so you, so you say. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> depends on how this goes. Um, so yeah, we interview people, we talk about board games, the topics, and uh, generally we have a good time. So come and find us and come and get involved. That's great. what I've got to say. Very great. Oh, and if you want to find our website, it's www.tinkerbotgames.com. Everything's on there from our Kickstarter stuff to our podcast stuff to some of the reviews that we've done as well. Perfect. I think that covers everything. Bevan, did I miss anything? I dare you to try and spell your Twitter handle first. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's All had right, trouble with this, folks. You can find us on Twitter at Tinkerbot Games, which will get all of us. That's been managed by Tony. You can find Tev- uh, Devon. You can find Bevan. Ah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> you can find Bevan on Twitter. Bevan? No, you should. Oh, okay. At Blue Cat Games, which is all one word, Blue Cat Games. Or you can find me on Twitter at my name, which is at Gino Brancazio. That's G-I-N-O-B-R-A-N-C-A-Z-I-O. Yeah, you are. Screw you, Bevan. I yep. my name right, at least. <laughs> and Z means Z, people. So the people that don't know what Z means, oh, that's yeah, a Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Z-I-O at the end, I guess, rather than Z. Uh, so yeah, that's how you can find us and get in contact yep, with us. Perfect. And you'll often find us on Twitter, talking with Kurt and Mike at the MFG Cast. Yep, exactly. So thanks again, guys. It was awesome. If you're if you're listening to this right now, go to go listen to all the Talking Tinkerbots episodes. Go fund Ghostal. Okay, are you guys calling it Ghostal? Ghostal. Yeah, okay, yeah, Ghostal. just want to make sure because sometimes things change. Do you guys have a set date for that yet for the Kickstarter? Not just yet. Okay. We want to get a few more things solid first before we go completely live. We we believe in making things ready, doing it right mm-hmm. the first time rather than rushing into things and not doing it right mm-hmm. at all. So um, there's a few more details we're getting done now and we're just waiting on a few little pieces of artwork to come back because that's what people like to see. Mm-hmm. And we'll certainly give you an update when it's ready. But before we go, Kurt, I forgot to ask actually. Yes. We ask all of our guests on our podcast a single question that is the same for everyone because it gives you a really good idea of the person and the player. So if you don't mind, here's mm-hmm. our question for you, okay. Kurt. If you could Jumanji into any board game which game would you Jumanji into and what we mean by this is if you had to be like in the film the game comes to life and you have to live it you don't get shrunk down like Kanye shrunk the kids onto a cardboard board we mean the game comes to life if you had to live any board game which one would it be okay well I actually had thought about this before and then kind of forgot about it because I, I, I knew eventually <laughs> we'd get to this um, but now that I'm actually kind of looking around at my games and stuff like that, um, a new game that we just bought at Gen Con by Acton, Action Phase Games, Heroes Wanted. Oh, Heroes Wanted. Yes. Cool. And so basically it's like superheroes like you and me that get to be heroes. You know, it's, it's not yeah. the it's not the people that look like Superman or Wonder Woman that are, you know, too sexy for anybody, you know, and not enough regular people like you and me. So I think I'd rather be in that game so then, I, you know, there'd be a chance that maybe, you know, I'd slip in some sludge and be a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that, would, maybe that would be a bad idea. I don't know, but... 
I'm going to go with it just because I always stick with superhero stuff usually. So That's a good call. I like that. It's a good answer. <laughs> yep. It's a good answer. Yep. Cool. So, okay, that's us done. So, all right. yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again, guys. Um, again, check those guys out on Twitter. Check their podcast um, when uh, the Kickstarter goes live. Uh, go fund their game because it looks gorgeous. The art is amazing. So um, I'm you. sure it will be get plenty of uh, funders and we'll, you, you can get it going, which is great. So, All right. Wait. Thanks, guys, again. Oh, God. Thanks, guys, again. That was <laughs> poor, poor English. All right. Thanks again, guys. I appreciate it. No worries. Thanks very much, Matt. All right. We had fun. And we'll see you next month with a new episode with me and Mike. All right. Woo. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.